we are indeed in Anfield today. Today's episode is Liverpool Football Club and why they have not been performing so well in recent times, particularly this season. A lot of things have been happening at Liverpool that see the team at position 9 after having played 21 games. This is not good for Liverpool fans and Liverpool in general because they are regarded as a very big team in world football. Bear in mind this is a team that lost the league to Man City last season by one point, a mere point. So let's see why Liverpool has been performing below expectations this season. From a team that was in contention to win a quadruple now to a team that is barely in the Champions League if you ask me and position 9 in the lock. First of all, Liverpool have a conundrum in midfield. They have a lot of midfielders that they either too young, underdeveloped or just not in form and don't look to offer anything. I'm going to read a list of midfielders that are at Liverpool at, at this moment. We have Thiago, we have Arthur, we have Naby Keita, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Javi Elliott, Fabio Carvalho, Melna, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, Steven Pacetic. And the list I just mentioned now I think you are very underwhelmed just listening to the names. Many are young, too young at some point and I mean age is something for me that I don't consider in football anymore when you consider that Jude Bellingham is 19, 20 years old and pretty much a world beater at this age, but talent levels are different and development levels are different. Players like Javi Elliott still need to develop in order to consistently offer something to Liverpool. Fabio Carvalho received game time was very good at Fulham but hasn't really adapted well to Liverpool. Then you have Curtis Jones, incredibly inconsistent, has flashes of talent that shows great potential but hasn't really shown that he can perform for Liverpool week in and week out. Recently Pe- Uh, not Pep, sorry, <laughs> Liverpool fans uh, must be uh, livid at the comment I just made. Jürgen Klopp rather has been trying out Steven Pacetic. He's an 18-year-old who was signed um, from the Liverpool uh, under-18 team. He's Spanish. He's a central defensive midfielder and he's quite good on the ball, has a tackle in him and can read the game very well. But, you know, still too early to tell what he can give and expectations aren't really high for him. Arthur was signed from Juventus in a rather weird deal if you ask me, but one can argue it was because of injuries in the midfield. Naby Keita has been playing, he's extremely underwhelming and if you ask me he's on his way out at Liverpool. I don't think he's going to get a new contract. Fabinho has been in a very interesting position at Liverpool where he's not playing, replaced by an 18-year-old and when he plays he looks out of sorts and I mean I don't really know what's happening with Fabinho. Thiago, we need to have a conversation about Thiago. Um, Thiago hasn't lived up to my expectations especially when you consider the player he was at Bayern. He hasn't really let it up at Anfield and 
maybe it may be because of injuries and age and him acclimatizing to a faster level of football uh we don't know but yeah this is not the tiago i was promised uh and now i'm talking about my own expectations which may be unfair jordan henderson i will just straight out say he's not at the level required to play the type of football jurgen klopp wants and requires from his midfielders i, I think he's He's now a rotational player, a squad player, and you know, obviously, still club captain. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, ah, uh, he shouldn't be playing for Liverpool or a play a team that wants top four. That's just my perspective. My perspective. He shouldn't even be on the bench for Liverpool. But uh, I think he may be on his way out at Liverpool. Liverpool needs to clear what I call deadwood. I know it's not nice calling people that, but. If you're going to talk about football players as assets then yeah Liverpool need to buy midfielders. They really need to buy midfielders because this list of midfielder midfielders that I'm looking at is extremely underwhelming. Which leads me to my next point. Liverpool used to play with Fabinho, pick Fabinho I'd say, Henderson when he was a workhorse and Jorginho Wijnaldum. That midfield three was able to provide Jurgen Klopp with one of his most important assets or what Klopp brings to a football club tactically gegen pressing Liverpool were leading all teams in Europe in in pressing pressing like major major statistical categories that pertain to pressing or that are formed as a result of a team pressing. One of the key aspects of a team that presses a lot or that is effective in pressing is PPDA, the statistical category. Ooh, the word statistical almost murdered me there. But the word PPDA, PPDA basically means passes per defensive action. This means how many touches does the opposition team take before you grab the ball back from them how many how many strings how many passes are they are they able to string together before you dispossess them again liverpool had a very low ppda so low ppda means a team takes low amount of touches before you take the ball back from them so which means you are very good at pressing and dispossessing the other team I don't have the figures right now but I know that um due to my research that Liverpool's PPDA has increased um this means that Liverpool don't press at the rate that they, they used to press and then their press is not as effective as it used to be this can be because of how teams now are able to plan for Liverpool because I mean if you know a team uh is very good in pressing you're able to study the tape and see how they press and seek measures to mitigate the press but then again the press also depends on the personnel especially with um, the departures of Vinaldam Sadio Mane who was an extremely hard working guy in 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 the front three um the omission of, of of Roberto Firmino from the squad either because of other players coming in or him being injured but we know that the Liverpool personnel hasn't stayed the same up front and in midfield as well i mean look at Firmino not playing now that also plays a part 
Another issue that seems to be plaguing Liverpool, especially in front of goals, is chemistry. The acquisition of Luis Diaz was very good for Liverpool and it paid dividend, especially after the general transfer window last season, where Luis Diaz came in and immediately he could gel with his teammates, he could play very well with Sergio Mane, with Roberto Firmino at times, Diogo Jota at times, and Mohamed Salah. But the inclusion of Cody Hagpo, or the acquisition of Cody Hagpo and Darwin Nunes hasn't shown the same, or hasn't reaped the same benefits as that of Luis Diaz. Not saying that they're bad players, but they they seem to be, to be having problems linking up well and just, you know, developing that chemistry needed for a team to be at uh, the top of their game. But then it makes sense when you consider that Darwin Nunes is fairly adapting to the Premier League himself. He hasn't really been having a, a great time. Cody Hagbo just scored his first goal in Liverpool Colours after, I don't know, six, seven games being goalless. And we hope to see him to like scoring more and assisting, you know, just getting uh, the goals and assists that he's known for. The chemistry issue is one that isn't necessarily on the coach. You can't really blame the coach for lack of chemistry when players just arrived and just getting used to each other. So this is just a, a consequence of players moving teams and time. You know, it's a consequence of time, this problem. It's not necessarily anyone's fault. But the PPDA stats are partly players' fault and partly the coach's fault because the coach is supposed to alter the press according to the characteristic of the players and I don't know, make if if Liverpool still want to play the pressing football, the gegen pressing, obviously the coach needs to see the stats and how the stats are not in their favour and try to mitigate that and things like pressing, not every player can press. They they, they sometimes are intrinsic factors that affect how effectively a team or even individuals are able to press you know are the players hungry enough are the players ambitious enough are they committed to the cause do they know why they need to press and how to press effectively you know these are questions to ask i'm not saying anything i'm just saying these are questions to ask while we or i in this instance are murdering liverpool players and coach and and the coach and heavily criticizing them we need to be conscious of the fact that liverpool players have had injuries in the past year many of them have had injuries the latest being virgil van dyke being uh, out for an extended period of time tiago has been having injuries frequently i mean at this point i can't even tell you what what's the last injury he had Matip has had injuries on and off. Um, Luis, Luis Diaz right now hasn't played. I mean, he hasn't played since before the World Cup. That's when he like he stopped playing before the World Cup. He had a very uh, nasty long-term injury that, that caused him to miss out on the World Cup. So obviously they miss him. They miss him dearly. Diogo Jota as well. I forgot. I don't even know when was the last time I saw Diogo Jota playing ball. Okay, I might have seen him playing, but I mean, the the memories are quite blurry when you consider that we had a World Cup. But I think he was selected in the World Cup squad and then he had to be omitted because of a, of an injury. So I might have been exaggerating a bit there. But Diogo Jota, but 
let's be fair with Diego Jota. He's been having injuries ever since he arrived at Liverpool. But when he plays, he's very effective. So looking forward to seeing him back. And in two weeks' time, we're seeing Luis Diaz back. I'm not particularly sure when Virgil van Dijk is coming back. So all these injuries, and you can you can see they're happening or they're occurring to major players. I mean, every player here is important, but when you lose your striker in Diego Jota, it counts a lot. When you lose your main creative player in Luis Diaz, I mean, it it's a cause for concern. And obviously, the rock of the defense Virgil van Dijk, losing him is always going to hurt, you know. So these are problems that Liverpool has been having. Now let's come to my 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 strongest points as far as I'm concerned, the point that I think can turn Liverpool around, not just this season but beyond. Pep Guardiola once said in an interview that the players that I won the league with in 2017 are not the players that I won the league with in 2021. And, you know, he keeps talking about how the squad constantly needs to be rejuvenated, constantly, in order for you to keep that high level of, um, that high standard of winning, you know. And I don't think his counterpart, Jürgen Klopp, subscribed to that notion. Because, I mean, it may be because FS, uh, FSG doesn't sign or doesn't have as much money as the, the oil money. You know, it can be that argument. But other than the, the, the money argument as well, Klopp really changes. I mean, he can tweak things, but he doesn't change. And that sort of makes him predictable. When you consider how teams like Brighton play with Roberto De Zerbi, the tactical fluidity and versatility, they are bound to cause problems for, for, for teams like uh, Liverpool, who you know are going to set up in a 4-3-3 and they're going to press you and play through the wings with Salah, you know, all those things, they become so predictable, Liverpool. I don't think there's much that Liverpool has done that has surprised me. Even in their wins, they don't surprise me, you know. So modern football requires you to keep changing, adapting and keep your opponents on their toes. And I don't think Klopp does that very well. It may be because of the personnel he has, how limited it is, but I am looking forward to seeing versatility, especially with the return of Luis Diaz, the inclusion of Gagbo and the return of Yota. Because as we speak, Liverpool have five world-class forwards. Luis Diaz, Diogo Yota, Darwin Nunes, Cody Gagbo and Mohamed Salah. You can play all of them, but at the most you can play four. And I intentionally omitted Roberto Firmino because I think he's on his way out at Liverpool, so I don't I don't really see a future for him at Liverpool, regardless of how good he has been, you know. So I see Liverpool lining up in this way if they were to change a formation. I think they should play it for two three one. They should. I think they should play it. It's not a a matter of uh, maybe they could try it. It might work. I think it's their best possible chance to getting up the table. I think they should play four two three one with Alisson in goal. Alexander-Arnold, Matip, Van Dijk and Robertson as the defense. Playing a double pivot of Thiago and Fabinho. Hopefully Fabinho will be rejuvenated and back to form. And then play Darwin Nunes as the starting striker. And behind him play Mohamed Salah and Luis Diaz in the wings. And Kodiak in the 10 role behind the striker. 
think Cody Gakpo would, would play very well behind the striker. But then again, let's be honest, Cody Gakpo was destroying Eredivisie playing as, as, a, as a wing, particularly the left wing, so he can cut in. So you can easily exchange Cody Gakpo and Luis Diaz. And if you need to sub one of those two out, you can put in Diogo Jota to play as a as a supporting striker to Darwin Nunes. I think that would be a very interesting tactic just to see how Yota and Nunes, they kind of cause problems with their pace. And Yota is quite... We know his movement is quite nifty. I think he's one of the best movers in among Premier League uh, strikers. He, his movement of the ball is, is superb, incredible. So yeah, um, with all these options up front, I think Klopp should try to move away from the 4-3-3 and try to see, to do something else that's different, you know. And yeah, other than that, Liverpool need to create better chances in terms of the quality of the chances they create. I think Alexander-Arnold and his style of play are becoming predictable now. And it becomes a bit harder for the crossing to work when... Um, Nunes isn't on form but then again they need to just establish those movements in training know okay if Alexander is here he's gonna put the ball there Nunes you need to make these type of runs and obviously I think Diogo Jota will benefit a lot when coming back with, the, with his link up with Alexander Arnold has always been superb we just they just need to get Darwin on the same wavelength and I mean Darwin is He's, he's, a, he's a super player. He's incredible. I think a lot of people are giving him a stick um, due to not understanding his game. But then he, I can't lie. He misses chances that he shouldn't miss. But that doesn't mean he's a bad player at all. He does a lot for Liverpool. Does a lot for Liverpool in counter-attacks, in pressing, in back coming back and, you know, marking opposition players and creating chances as well. I was actually shocked to find out he's in the top 12 at this moment as we speak in chances created in the Premier League. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that from a player so heavily criticised. But, I mean, some of it is warranted, I guess. But yeah, I hope you learned something about what Liverpool should do and why they are struggling. I hope this episode has been informative to you. And please consider subscribing to the podcast. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Behind the Scoreline. Or better yet, just send them the link to this episode. Thank you.